Welcome to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here's Bill Henderson. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer-Free today. Introducing today the cancer, the How to Live Cancer-Free show will be Brad Saul. Brad is the president of Matrix Media, which is uh, a company that owns, among other things, web talk radio and, and lots of radio stations around the country. And Brad has been a pioneer in the radio business for a long, long time and knows a lot of things of interest to you. So I would suggest you listen to him carefully, and I'll be back shortly. Thanks, Bill. Many parents often wonder if many vaccinations that their kids get do more harm than good. Not long ago, Mike Adams of Natural News published a shocking article called 10 Outrageous But True Facts About Vaccines That the CDC and the Vaccine Industry Don't Want You to Know About. If you are a parent with kids being subjected to lots of vaccinations, you should really pay attention to some of these things and consider whether or not getting the vaccinations and the drastic effects that may accompany them for some kids are worth risking. Number one, mercury is still used in vaccines. It's something most people don't know, and the CDC openly admits it. There's no safe level of mercury, no safe level of mercury for injecting into a human child, not even trace levels. And there's no evidence of safety for mercury in any dose whatsoever. Mercury is arguably the most neurotoxic element in the entire table of elements. The fact that it's used in vaccines for convenience of the vaccine manufacturer at the expense of the safety of the child is really unbelievable. And the fact there's no safe form of mercury, something that Big Pharma often claims to be the fact, is not true either. Ethyl and methylmercury are extremely toxic to the human nervous system. Neither one should ever, under any circumstances, be deliberately injected into a human being, much less a child, in any dose at all. Fact number two, injecting any substance into the human body makes its orders of magnitude more potentially toxic because it bypasses the protections of the digestive tract, or the respiratory system. Injecting mercury into a human being should be globally condemned. In fact, some people might argue it rises to the level of being a criminal act. Fact number three, it's been decades since the polio vaccine came on the market, and polio vaccines are often injected into tens of millions of people. They, too, contain hidden cancer viruses. 
This was openly admitted by a top Merck vaccine scientist named Hilleman. The CDC recently scrubbed its website of the information in a revisionist history purge. It is a historical fact that up to 98 million Americans have been exposed to hidden cancer viruses in injected polio vaccines. And if that isn't reason enough to go with the salk oral treatment for polio, I don't know what is. Fact number four. Top virologists working for Merck have blown the whistle and gone public with shocking revelations that claim the company routinely fabricated lab results that claim a 95% efficacy rate of its mumps vaccine in order to be able to continue receiving government contracts on a vaccine that simply just does not work. Fact number five, in nearly every outbreak you hear about these days, the majority of kids affected by the outbreak have already been vaccinated against the mumps virus. For example, outbreaks of whooping cough routinely involve kids who have already been vaccinated against it. Fact number six, the claimed history of successes against polio and other diseases by injection is pure fabrication. This was something discussed at length and exposed in great detail in a powerful book called Dissolving Illusions, written by Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, something that every parent should read. Fact number seven, the vaccine industry simply refuses to conduct scientific tests on the health outcomes of vaccinated children versus unvaccinated children. Why? Because these tests would no doubt show unvaccinated children to be healthier. Not only that, they would show that they are smarter and far better off and vaccinated kids in terms of behavioral disorders, allergies, and even autoimmune disorders. Check the people you know. Don't you routinely find that the most heavily vaccinated kids are the ones who get sick all the time? Meantime, groups like the Amish, who largely refuse to vaccinate their kids, have near zero rates of lots of diseases and neurological conditions, most notably autism. Fact number eight. The U.S. Supreme Court has already declared that the secret vaccine court, as some refer to it, is a higher power than the Supreme Court itself. That so-called vaccine court is granted extraordinary powers to operate completely outside the U.S. Constitution, or for that matter, the Bill of Rights, it has complete autonomy. It doesn't even have to follow the rules of due process. The court itself, which really isn't a court, is a violation of law and a violation of issues 
of basic human rights. Fact number nine, the mainstream media get a significant amount of money from the very same drug companies that are selling those vaccines. The financial influence results in media outlets refusing to cover stories about vaccines that damage kids. Why? Because they are afraid of losing those ad dollars, which is why, in fact, mainstream media often feature guests and authors who make ridiculous claims about all of the vaccine-damaged kids across America by saying they don't exist or they're mere delusions of their parents. Fact number 10, the CDC openly admits that vaccines contain additives, additives which are known to be potent neurotoxic chemicals. Some of them include mercury, which is still used as a preservative, aluminum. It's used as an inflammatory adjuvant. Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde, believe it or not, is used to deactivate live virus. MSG, it's not just in Chinese food. It's actually used in vaccines. And what it does is cause a variety of immune system disorders and inflammations. Now, all of these substances are toxic to human biology when they are injected. And each and every one of them are still listed on the CDC website as vaccine additives. No rational doctor, no rational scientist, none of them would actually ever say that these substances are somehow safe to inject either to infants or young children, yet doctors inject children all the time with these substances. It happens every day, every single day, all throughout the United States, all under the category of vaccines. The bottom line As a parent, you have an obligation to educate yourself as to what your kids do or do not need. For example, in talking about the polio vaccine, it is the Salk oral polio treatment that is very effective and in fact has wiped polio out as a disease not only in the United States but around most of the world. So let the consumer beware, Bill. Take a look at what you really need to do for your kids, not only to promote good health, but to make sure that you're not putting something toxic into their systems that will do more harm than good. Check the CDC website out, too. So, Bill, that's a look at Cancer in the News this week. I'm Brad Saul. Now back to you, Bill. Well, hello, folks. It's Bill Henderson with How to Live Cancer Free. This week we have a special show for you that I think you'll enjoy. It's one of the best I've done over the last three and a half years, and I've picked it out so that I, I think you'll enjoy listening to it, even if you've heard it before. So pay attention. Don't uh, go away. I think you'll like this one and certainly listen to it. 
uh, and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you can send me an email if you like at the letter U, heal, H-E-A-L, cancers at gmail.com. Thanks. See you soon, folks. On the second half of this show, stay tuned because you're going to hear a very interesting interview with Linda Bamber, an expert on thermography and who has a, a wonderful website and a, and a program for breast cancer awareness for ladies and gentlemen, by the way, because uh, a thousand or so men every year get diagnosed with breast cancer. I've talked to several of them over the years. So it's not just women, uh, but she is a very interesting lady for a number of reasons. One, of course, she looks at thermograms every day of women and educates them about their breast uh, health and how to maintain it. But she also is totally aware, as I am, of the primary cause of breast cancer, which turns out to be what's coming out of your jaw, what we call dental toxins. Very, very serious and and a, uh, almost universal cause of breast cancers. What she's seen on thermograms that she'll describe to you is the connection between an inflamed spot in the woman's jaw, usually from one of the four teeth on either side of your mouth that are directly connected to the mammary glands in your in your breasts, and they uh, almost always are involved in women's breast cancers. You can see it, but not just breast cancer, thyroid cancer and all kinds of other esophageal cancer, tonsil cancer, etc. So, interesting interview. I think you'll enjoy it. So stay tuned for that one. It's the second half of this show. Well, if you don't know who I am, you want to take a look at my website, beatingcancergently.com. I'll spell it for you, B-E-A-T-I-N-G, and then a hyphen, cancer, C-A-N-C-E-R, another hyphen, gently, G-E-N-T-L-Y.com. You'll find a lot of information there that's free. In fact, the two years of my newsletters are maintained all the time in the newsletter archive page. You can go there and look at those. I update my book, the Cancer Free Book, every month with a newsletter with information that I've discovered that uh, might be of interest to you and you can read those anytime you like. Of course you can also read what I call a short course there. It's about six articles I've written on how I feel about cancer and why and of course if you agree with those uh, my book is available there in ebook form. You can download it immediately or you can order it as a, a paperback which you'll get in about seven or eight days typically, depending on where you are in the world. That's been read by people in 102 countries now all over the world, and believe me, it's a very popular book, and I get lots of, of wonderful feedback on people almost every day about how much they love my book. So take a look at that. There's also a search feature at the home page. When you first get to my website, at the top of the page, you'll see a search window there. You could type in any phrase you like about anything concerning cancer. For example, low-dose naltrexone. If you're interested in that particular substance, just type it into the search feature, and, and it will search the hundreds of pages on my website, including the last seven years, back to 2004, of my newsletters, and see what you come up with. There are also a lot of testimonials and other uh, information from people that have, have given me input on how they've recovered from their cancer and so on. So there's lots of information there that you can search very easily. If you're interested, you can sign up for a coaching 
service that I do on the telephone for cancer patients. Uh, we talk for about an hour and a half typically on the first call and I've talked to people in 61 different countries now. Just talked to a gentleman last week from Poland. That's the first time I'd talked to anybody in Poland, so it's 61 countries now. And about 3,200 people that I've talked to over the, the last 10 years on the phone about their cancer. So I can, I can probably help you, but the only requirement is that you read my book so we get on the same page here before we do any attempt at the telephone coaching. So take a look at that. Well, I have one of my sponsors is a company called Green Supreme Incorporated, and they're a wonderful bunch of people up in uh, western Pennsylvania, and I like them very much. I visited that company and the farm that they run to raise a product called Barley Power, which is simply uh, a small pill or, or a capsule. They have it in either form uh, and several different varieties of it but it's grown there on their farm in western Pennsylvania and I've seen how they grow the barley leaves very carefully in an organic environment and they get them cold processed into these pills so it retains all of the properties of the barley. What are these properties? Well there are lots of things. Uh, for example they have a huge dose of alkalinity for your body and if you have cancer your body is acid by nature that's it required for cancer is an acid state in your body so turning it or to alkaline helps overcome the cancer because cancer cannot exist really in an alkaline environment the other thing these barley power pills have that I love are enzymes because every function in your body is requiring enzymes about 3,000 of them and they're all in these little barley pills so you, there's no way to tell which enzymes you're deficient in. We're all deficient in some of them. But the body will take the ones it needs, use those, and discard the rest. The body's very smart. They also contain 72 trace minerals and 20 amino acids. So get some of these pills if you don't have them because they are wonderful, like eating a plate of vegetables every day. I take about eight or nine of them every day. If I had cancer, I'd probably take about twice that many at least every day. You can get them at uh, their website, which is greensupreme.net, or you can call them in uh, Pennsylvania on Eastern Time, of course, at 1-800-358-0777. They will ship it anywhere in the world to you, so if you're outside the United States, just call area 724-946-9057. Well, cancer in the news. I've got a couple items I'd like to discuss with you today. One of them, of course is the subject of vitamin D. Talk about prevention. This is how you do prevention, folks. It seems like every day I read a new article about vitamin D and how important it is to prevent certain diseases. And of course, well, the thing you need to know about vitamin D is that it's not a vitamin, okay? How it got the name vitamin D, I have no idea. But in fact, it is a hormone. And when you eat this or take it in, into your body in any way, uh, the vitamin D turns into a couple of other hormones that are essential for the operation of every cell in your body. And you have to have enough of this in order to overcome cancer. But what they've found now is that the high doses of vitamin D, what they call mega doses, will prevent several kinds of cancer and other degenerative conditions. For example, uh, particularly breast cancer, colon cancer, multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, and so on, are all 
affected by an adequate dose of vitamin D in your body. And what these researchers found was that if you have an adequate dose, you can about 50% less likely to get any of these diseases. This was a study done and published in the journal Anti-Cancer Research, and these were people at the University of California, San Diego, and uh, the Creighton University School of Medicine. And what they discovered is that when these much higher doses than what is recommended by the government and the so-called recommended daily allowance, when the much higher doses are taken every day, uh, the risks associated with developing these major diseases are reduced by about half. So, and by the way, all of us are deficient in this stuff because, you know, 90% plus of the people in the world, not just the United States, are deficient in vitamin D. Why? Because we don't get enough sunshine. Our ancestors, think back to the to the hunter-gatherers that we came from from millions of years ago. They went out every day in the sun with very few clothes on to seek out food, uh, looking for berries and nuts and so on, and out chasing animals to, to eat. And this is in our genes, basically. This exposure to the sun for a major portion of the day is in the genes that we've inherited from these people and our bodies are looking for vitamin D to operate effectively and we're not giving it enough. We don't get out in the sun enough, let's face it. And this is true, uh, in fact, the, they found that the rate of cancer is much higher in the high latitudes where the sun, uh, exposure to the sun is not as great, much higher than it is in the lower latitudes around the equator where exposure to sunshine is greater. And the two, believe me, are related. There have been lots of studies on this. So instead of the, the 600 IU, which the recommended daily allowance of the government is now, what these researchers found was that the minimum of 4,000 and as high as 8,000 a day international units are what everyone should take. And they found that if they did that, they would avoid a lot of these uh, diseases. And here's what the, the leader of the study said. I was surprised to find that the intakes required to maintain vitamin D status for d disease prevention were so high, much higher than the minimal intake of vitamin D of 400 IU per day that was needed to defeat rickets in the 20th century. Well, that's where the, the 400 or now, now it's been up to 600 IU a day came from because the only thing they knew about at the time was that vitamin D was associated with rickets. Well, I don't doubt if anybody, any of you are worried about getting rickets, but you should be worried about cancer and other degenerative conditions which relate to deficiencies in vitamin D. Get enough of this. How do you get it? Well, first of all, I suggest you get a test done to show that you are deficient in it uh, because the healthy level, the doctors look at 40 to 60 on this test I'm going to tell you about as a healthy level, but what Dr. William Grant, the gentleman that was on my show two or three weeks ago, you may have, have heard him, what he recommends as the expert on this is 70 or higher. If you can get to that level, you're at a healthy level, particularly if you have cancer. So to get to that level, he says, you know, you just need to start by taking 20 to 25,000 IU a day. And then when you get the, the level up high enough, you back off to maybe 10,000 like I take every day. Now, how do you take this much? Well, it's not hard. 
because it comes in a little gel cap which is 5,000 international units each one of the little gel caps and this is the most efficient way to take vitamin D by the way and you can get a test done very easily and very inexpensively most insurance will pay for it it's just a blood test ask your doctor to order for you the 25 hydroxy vitamin D test I'll spell it for you H Y D R O X Y vitamin D test when you get that done you'll get a number back between 0 and 100 and yours will probably be pretty low in the 20s or 30s and if you're typical of most people and you take enough of this for several weeks it takes four or five six weeks to get it up to a healthy level but once you get a, a second test that shows it's up above 70 you can back off to 8,000 10,000 a day whatever you want to take to keep it there because it will maintain that level healthily like mine has been for several years now with a, a dose of eight or ten thousand a day so I just take two of these little gel caps every day and I'm fine with vitamin D and by the way it keeps you from getting colds and flu a lot better than than the flu shot believe me so just take this stuff really there's no question about it well another item I wanted to mention here was uh, about a study on cell phone use that has found that the glucose metabolism in the brain is affected by cell phone use which is quite interesting because there's been a controversy about whether cell phone use affects the brain at, at all so there was a study done this year 2011 it was called effects of cell phone radio frequency signal exposure on brain glucose metabolism this was chaired by a doctor Nora Volkow and it was conducted for the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda Maryland and what they found was that by taking 47 people and putting the cell phone up to their ear for 50 minutes they did a PET scan with the cell phone off and another one with the cell phone on and they found that it did affect the brain the glucose metabolism specifically of the brain and it this is very important now unfortunately they haven't determined yet whether it eventually causes a brain tumor or something serious like that and how much it affects other parts of the body but believe me this study is an indication immediately that there is an effect on the brain of using these phones next to your ear and I don't use one myself my wife does but I try to encourage her to use the speaker phone on the cell phone to keep it away from her ear there's also an air tube you can buy with a little uh, bud you can put in your ear that will keep the cell phone away from your head if you can do that most of the time it will be very very healthy believe me well one of my other great sponsors for this show is a company called transfer point and they're located in Columbia South Carolina and they put out a product called beta 13 d glucan and I've been taking this every day myself to keep my immune system strong for several years and it, it has done exactly that I've studied several uh, immune boosting products over the years when I've been working with cancer patients this is the best by far and it has been proven so in independent studies done at University of Louisville and Harvard University that have shown compared to other immune boosting products about 36 of them in fact that this is superior 
So I like the transfer point as the source. The product is very, very effective and has helped lots of people recover that I've worked with over the years. So to get some of this, you need to go to their website. They re recommend you go to their transferpoint.com now because they have several distributors around the United States and one in Europe and they can tell you at that website which distributor to go to that is closest to you and has the best price. You could also phone them if you prefer at area 803-561-0342 and of course they're on Eastern Time as well in South Carolina. Well some of the people that I, I work with are called Our Health Co-op and these are wonderful folks that are trying to bring you supplements at the lowest possible price. This company is more or less like a non-profit organization in, in that they do not mark things up to make a profit. They just mark them up about 5% or so over their cost just to cover their overhead for the few people that they hire that will help you with the products that they sell and and of course help them keep their their products stop, stocked up and ship them to you and so on. Our Health Co-op, they're located in Florida and these are people that are are trying their best to help you get supplements at the lowest possible price that are the highest quality. Everything they sell you has been tested in a laboratory that's independent of Our Health Co-op to prove that it has in the package in the capsule or whatever uh, what it says on the container and this is very very unique I don't know of any other company that does this to find out more about them go to the website it's makinghealthaffordable.com you can also call the order desk in Florida if you prefer it's 1-800-667-0781 again they'll ship all over the United States they'll ship it all over the world so if you outside the United States call area 561-863-5300. Well stay tuned now folks you're going to hear an interview with Linda Bamber that I think I know you'll find very very interesting and uh, stay tuned it's starting right now. Well hello folks I'm back and I've got a wonderful interesting guest for you today. Her name is Linda Bamber. Linda, Linda is a teacher, a writer, a speaker, and a nutritionist who has a, a BS degree in food science and nutrition. And she started researching prevention techniques for cancer when both her mother and her sister were diagnosed with breast cancer. The result of her research uh, is an interesting concept and an idea and a website and a, and a whole uh, source of information called the Breast Research Awareness and Support, B-R-A-S, which is a very appropriate acronym here, I think. And uh, Linda is joining us from Kansas City, Kansas today, and she's going to tell us about uh, a lot of things that are useful for women, but also for men, because uh, as many of you may know, uh, about a thousand men a year get breast cancer as well. Not as many as women, obviously, not no nowhere near the percentage, but a couple of hundred men a year die of, of the the treatment of breast cancer. So uh, it's uh, for both sexes, this particular interview. Welcome, Linda. We're awfully glad to have you here and, and appreciate your sharing with our folks. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I think uh, we're going to get people a lot of useful information here. 
particularly about the subject of thermography. I'm always uh, appalled at the the uh, level at which doctors believe in, or at least they, they uh, recommend that women get mammograms uh, because of all the invasive nature of that. What do you think about uh, mammograms versus thermograms? Well, that's a, a fine line, obviously. Um, thermograms are considered an adjunct for uh, a breast health screening and not necessarily to replace mammograms. But as more and more women uh, become involved, do their Internet research, and take control of their own health, they are starting to worry more and more about the radiation from the mammograms. And they are learning that the um, radiation uh, does accumulate. And so when I have older women come in for thermography, some of them, some of them have had 30 to 35 mammograms, oh and that really puts them in a dangerous state for the actual tool that is supposed to protect them is causing some of the problems with their breast cancer. Yeah, I've, saw, I've seen uh, statistics that say each mammogram increases the likelihood of breast cancer by about 1%. Is that true? Yes, I've seen that on Dr. Mercola's site several times. Yeah. And I really feel that that is true. Uh, in Europe, they have a statistic that says that when they started uh, mammogram screening in four Danish countries, that they felt that the mammograms could be causing up to 22% of the breast cancers. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, I, obviously, uh, thermography is different from, from mammography. Uh, tell us uh, the, the uh, features of the thermography that are, are better, in your opinion. Well, I just love it. Um, that's the main thrust of BRAS, uh, Breast Research Awareness and Support, and that website is just breastresearchawareness.com. And what we do is provide breast health education and thermography. And those two pair together wonderfully because you can see so many things for prevention that you can teach women ahead of time. Right. So that some of the statistics are even saying that the you know, thermogram can you know, give you signs and signals, warning signs, years before a mammogram can. And that's what we really want. We want warning signs and signals. We don't want to just know that we have a breast lump that's cancerous. We want to know ahead of time so we can learn to protect ourselves. Yeah, really, it's amazing. But uh, there are several doctors. Well, you mentioned Dr. Mercola, and uh, of course he su- supports uh, thermograms as I do, as a, an alternative to mammograms uh, because I think they're much better, and not only less invasive, but a whole lot better for determining uh, what problems you have, and particularly those that take the whole upper body of the, you know, including the head. Uh, mm-hmm. tell, tell me what you think about the relationship, for example, between dental toxins and breast cancer. Oh, there's a huge relationship, and that's part of what we teach at Bras. because, you know, just ask any woman that's had a thermogram, they're going to be very hesitant to have a mammogram again. They hug me when they leave the room and say, why didn't I know this was available? <laughs> you know, it, you can just feel that passion and, they, and that they are unaware of thermography, and now that they found it, they're just overjoyed, and they're going to tell all their friends, you know. And so part of what we do that is so unique is that we educate the women. I actually have a calendar. I, I have some uh, special uh, clients of mine who uh, would uh, g- gave me special uh, testimonies on thermography, and I use that calendar as every month we can teach them something about their breast health. So they walk out of the room with a calendar and their own pink ribbon scarf, you know, yeah. because we've been able to teach them about dental health. And that's what you're asking about. Yeah. Not one of the women that I have tested 
has ever known that their dental health affects their breast health. Isn't that incredible? I talk to women almost every day. I mean, I talk to two or three cancer patients all over the world every day, and and the women are always amazed when I tell them that the primary cause of all cancers, in my opinion, is dental toxins. And it's it, this is not just some idle theory. Uh, I've talked to thousands of people all over the world, and 95% of them have serious dental toxin problems, and they're always related to the cancer, it seems like. And we can see this on the thermogram. That's why it's the perfect tool. The picture's worth a thousand words. If you have taken a picture of a, a woman's mouth and then have her tip her head back and take a second picture to kind of show her thyroid area, you can also see if she has any dental toxins heading down her throat towards her breast. Interesting. And what woman is going to stand there and say, oh, that's not, you know, they can see the toxins heading towards their breast. And then their immediate question is, well, what do I do for these, you know, how, what do I do? You know, so then we have the opportunity at bras, at all our franchises, to educate them on breast health through dental protection and give them tons of ideas. And then when they come back for a second screening, they can see if those, uh, you know, alternative procedures that they're using have made a difference. Yeah, very interesting. I I know you've mentioned the website. I'll, I'll mention it again. Uh, ladies, jot this down and go take a look. There's lots of useful information there. The website is breastresearchawareness.com, breastresearchawareness.com. And uh, you'll find a lot of information there about thermograms, how they look and, and what the uh, appearance is and so on. But I want to talk about uh, specifically now about the advantages of this uh, which were brought to light by Dr. Robert Rowe, an interesting uh, holistic physician who I've interviewed on this show, and he lives not too far from me here in California. And Dr. Rowan was talking in his newsletter about the advantages of thermography. And, of course, he says it's safer than mammography. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says, let me count the ways. And the first thing he says is, it doesn't hurt. Tell us about that. <laughs> I loved his, his I, in fact, I used that quote. <laughs> I, I have his whole quote in my information because it's so true. It does not hurt, and only a woman can tell you about that, you know. Yeah. But when you have a breast that is compressed to about a quarter to three-eighths of an inch thick, it's going to hurt. Oh and, of course, you can hear horror stories. I, You know, ladies have told me about fainting in the middle of their mammogram because they saw blood spurting from their mammogram. Oh you know, this does not hurt. If you have if you have a developed tumor in your breast, presumably it could squash it and spread it, could it not? Any woman knows that instinctively, but oh we still goodness. follow our doctor's advice and get a mammogram. And it's very uh, sad how we've been conditioned to uh, only do that. Yeah, so this is totally painless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stand there and the machine uh, takes a picture of your body, basically. Yes. The second thing he mentions, uh, this is Dr. Robert Rowan again, it doesn't spread cancer cells throughout your body by rupturing capillaries near undetectable cancers, which is just what we just talked about, and yep. very, very mm-hmm. common cause with uh, mammograms of, of spreading breast cancer to other parts of your body. Number three is he says it cannot ruin your figure. Well, <laughs> uh, I think this is a, a major problem with some women that are as- associated with mammograms, basically that 
it, it hurts. I mean, come on. <laughs> and that firm breast tissue over a period of years can be broken down with that much pressure. Does it? Yeah, so women have complained about that. And then, of course, it's not effective for um, anyone who has an implant. Um, women complain, and rightfully so, that they have to have their mammograms, but it does rupture implants at different times. So oh, well. that risk is taken away completely with a picture. and It's a digital thermal imaging system. Yeah, so yeah. It's so, a red thermal imaging. So uh, implants are not a problem. That's right. Um, let's see, what does he say now? He says uh, it can... It gives off zero radiation. Well, we talked about that. There's no radiation problem here, but there certainly is with mammograms, and they they basically cause more breast cancers, and they they heal probably. Yes. Uh, number five, he says it catches ninety percent of cancers compared to five to eighty percent by mammography. What what does he mean by five to eighty percent? Well, uh, everybody has some different statistics. I'm not for sure which ones he was quoting there, but I do have to say that. There's not any one tool that's perfect. Mm. And so thermography will do a better job with inflammatory breast cancers, cancers that heat up because the infrared camera is picking up that extra heat. Right. But to be perfectly safe, once in a while there are women who have some tumors that are very slow-growing and don't produce heat, and the mammogram may be necessary to pinpoint those and tell them the size of those. So between those two, what I like to say, if you do several approaches, a clinical examination, self-examination, a thermogram, and then if necessary, a mammogram, they're going to catch 95% of those early stage cancers. And that's the one that I talk about the most. Yeah, and as I understand it, the the mammogram does not really show inflammatory breast cancer sometimes, Exactly, because it is only looking at lumps. Okay. And sometimes it gets, you know, the mammograms get carried away. They they identify too many lumps, too many small, very very small uh, tumors, and then of course that fear factor is there, and women rush to have surgery when, according to Dr. Christine Horner, ninety percent, you know, sometimes of our procedures are unnecessary. She actually says that eight hundred thousand women a year have biopsies that are not needed. At a cost of around twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a piece. Great overtreatment of that. Yes. It's kind of like the prostate cancer with men. You know, yes. super overtreatment of, of those things, and and you know it's unfortunate. But you know there are there is no science behind surgery. I'm not I'm not sure you've thought about this, but think about it. How many times do you think they have taken a group of five hundred women as a control? with uh, some form of breast cancer and 500 women uh, that were going to get a mastectomy or a lumpectomy or whatever and the 500 control group didn't get anything and then they compared the uh, results in lifespan between those two how often do you think that kind of study has been done there have been a couple similar to kind of what you're mentioning and they're proving that a lot of times the uh, lumps and bumps that have had surgery and biopsies would have gone away on their own if we would have just left them alone right. and improved the body's immune system. But my, my point, I guess, is that I think almost all cancer surgery is based on assumptions that somehow cutting out something that represents a cancer tumor or whatever it is I agree, Bill. Uh, I is more agree valuable than not cutting it out. And believe me, there is very, very little, if any, science behind that, okay? And so 
you know, come on, don't don't mutilate me. Come on, try and heal me, for gosh sake. Don't just treat the symptom, doctors. And uh, Americans are considered very barbaric by the Europeans. I oh, mean, I know. You know, the techniques that are used on us are barbaric, according yeah. to other countries. Yeah, well, and the thermography also detects tumors that are smaller than those detectable by mammography. Is that true? Yes. As far as I am seeing with women, I am seeing that experience. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, there are very few false positives. Uh, you know, he says only 10% compared to 27% mm-hmm. by mammography. I know there are lots of false positives in mammography. Yeah. But, and the predictive value he's talking about, uh, the hotter the tumor, the faster it's growing. So it shows you a degree of, uh, of growth prospects and inflammation prospects and so on. Does it not? Yes, definitely does. And, you know, another neat but um, hard to to think about feature of this is that when a woman comes in, they can see their pictures on the screen immediately. And then I'm going to show them and discuss them uh, with them before they leave the room so that they are educated. Yeah, so instead of having to sweat it out for the weekend before they learn about the mammography and and get all kinds of fear and so on, they see the results immediately. That's wonderful. But even though the woman knows she has a problem when she comes in, it's actually very relaxing for her to see something on the screen, whether it's good or negative, you know, good or bad Mm -hmm. or however you want to say it. it. You know, it's like she knows and she's ready to go that next step. But to be, you know, just ushered out of a mammogram with no information and then all of a sudden you're called two weeks later and say you have cancer, oh that is not a correct method to be educating women and setting mm-hmm. them up for doing more for their breast health. We're just scaring them to death. Well, yeah, but how about their mental mental? Right, we, we are just well. literally, <laughs> you know. And so it is a relief because the women can see information and learn about it right then and there. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well... The last thing he mentions here is the prediction uh, value of the thermogram. How far ahead does it predict uh, a cancer tumor if there's one that's uh, beginning to occur? Uh, There is some controversy about that. There was a study that was saying about 10 years that signs and signals can be, you know, picked up 10 years before, and there was one study done on that that they tracked women for about a 10-year period, and they could see a lot of these things coming up. But obviously you can't say that across the board because a woman may come in to get a thermogram and she had a lump come up last week, you know. Yeah, And sure. so it, it's a little bit iffy to, to, again, pinpoint. But what I am very comfortable saying is that it gives you many, many years ahead if a woman is using that consecutively and making that part of her breast health screening. She's going to get her information and comfort zone from knowledge and education you know, years ahead of time, no matter whether it's 10 years for one person or two months' notice, you know, whatever. There is a, a, a big question about how you could say that for so many women who have different kinds of breast cancer. Yeah, right. Well, I'm talking, folks, to Linda Bamber. She's uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, but uh, Linda's an expert on thermography, breast thermography in particular, and has started an organization called Breast Research Awareness and Support which has a website which all of you should be aware of and go take a look at. It's called breastresearchawareness.com. Be careful. Don't confuse it with the breastcancerawareness.com, which I, I happened on that website as I was uh, researching uh, for this interview with Linda. 
and I found found that I disagreed with 100% of the information on that site, breastcancerawareness.com. Take a look at it if you want to see some garbage about breast cancer and, and how, what it is and how to deal with it. That's where you'll find it, uh, but don't look at that one. Look at Linda's, uh, breastresearchawareness.com, and believe me, she has uh, a wonderful website, but she also has a, a uh, an approach to franchising this. Tell us a little bit about that, Linda. Yes, uh, I have an education system also, and I uh, have given speeches around the Midwest. And as I would, uh, you know, finish up a speech, I always had several ladies that would come up and say, "How can we get involved in your business?" And after this happened so many times, I started a franchise system so that women can be involved, or it, men, you know, anybody can be involved in passing the word around learning how to educate women, because I've written a book with about 18 different ideas that are not normal, common things that women are learning about their breast health, and that is a book that's available, and it's kind of the secret sauce for our franchises to be teaching women, Mm -hmm. providing supplements that we work with and other um, natural healing alternatives, educating them, and then most of all, providing that thermography for them. So I think my, you know, bras, breast research awareness and support kind of summarizes that we are working with breast health in all different fashions and really keen in on that and giving women something that they can walk off the street. You know, some women do actually wake up with a breast lump that they had not, did not have the night before they went. That's rare, but it does happen. Other women have breast lumps that they've had for three months, Mm -hmm. and they might see our sign and know that that's a place that they can walk in and be educated about many, many ideas and not forced to make a quick decision about surgery. Yeah, I gather you have not had uh, personal experience with breast cancer except for in your family with your mother and your sister. How did, how did their uh, cancers come out? Did They, they are survivors, they are. and that was about 10 years ago when there was not a lot of information for them. So both of them had lumpectomies, and then my mother had radiation, and my sister had um, chemo. Uh, so both chose different routes, and today, you know, if that something like that happened to me, I would have a third route. I would have so much more information uh, oh, for yeah. my own personal use, and that's what Bras is all about, expanding and giving more education to women so that they know there are choices. Because sure. at the time my mother and sister went through this, there really weren't that many choices. I know. Back in those days, I, I mean, my own a former wife passed away from uh, ovarian cancer just because of my ignorance, really, about what I know now, about all the options available for people for overcoming cancer, particularly breast cancer. I found it's one of the easiest ones to reverse, Linda, honestly. It's uh, amazing how many women I know who have recovered without any mm-hmm. surgery, chemo, radiation, nothing, you know, have recovered completely. The main thing they do, which I find is essential, is uh, consider what, why this happened to them, what the cause is. And there are only a couple of, of causes other than diet, which is obviously involved all the time, but things like emotional issues that uh, uh, produce a lot of stress for our body and, uh, and cortisol and a weakened immune system, etc. But the most common one is what we mentioned before, the, the dental toxin issue with root canals right in the mouth of four different uh, teeth actually are connected directly to the mammary glands and on a on a typical uh, thermogram and i've seen three or four of these myself you can see that the uh, the infected uh, wisdom or i'm sorry root canal tooth 
is directly over the original breast tumor. Yes. Directly. And the connections are obvious, but also all these people I work with, they've tried everything. A lot of them have tried conventional stuff uh, and alternatives, and none of it really works. It can completely get rid of the cancer, but they finally get rid of their dental toxins. They get the root canals removed, for example, and they get rid of the other dental problems they have, and they get well. I mean, mm-hmm. this has happened hundreds of times to people I've worked with, so no no question. that. Well, you've got one of the best testimonies on the dental, you know, because I have a brochure printed up with the eight teeth. I actually work with eight teeth that are connected to breast health, right. and I have them on a list for women, and we're showing them and we're making sure that they know what has been done to each of their teeth and the teeth that are concerned for their breast health and educating them about that and then providing them with a thermogram that shows that they've got dental inflammation flowing down to their breast. But even beyond that, Bill, we can see in their thermogram if that dental inflammation is just a couple times it's just circled right into their thyroid. Oh, my, yes. So you can tell them, you know, well, it's going... possibly messing up their thyroid, which in a turn will again mess up your breast, you know, oh, sure. and then you're educating them about uh, uh, thyroid issues and yeah. the lack of iodine and, and so on and so forth. So it's just amazing what women can learn from one picture. Yeah, sure. And there are a lot of preventive uh, measures that can be taken here. Of course, uh, iodine you mentioned is one of them, obviously, but uh, what I found with the, the cancer uh, particularly of the upper body, but it also applies virtually to almost every organ in the body. But uh, brain tumors, uh, you know, esophageal tumors, thyroid tumors, all of them seem to be related to bre- to dental uh, dental problems uh, of all kinds. And you know, it's just so, so prevalent. I I just am shocked every day almost at seeing another case of somebody with serious dental toxin problems and cancer. I mean, it's just amazing. Tell us, uh, if you would, how how would I find, if I live in California, for example, and I'm a woman that wants to get a thermogram done, how would I go about finding somebody to do one for me? Uh, one of the best sources to get on, Bill, is Thermology, which is O-G-Y, thermologyonline.com. Uh-huh. Okay, thermologyonline.com. It's a website. Yes. And it has practitioners uh, like you and other people. In all people. 50 states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thermology. And another way is just to go through Dr. Mercola and get on his website and research thermography. And he has a listing of those same websites also. He'll okay. educate you on uh, thermography, and then he should have that list. He has. I've had lots of people redirected to me you know, through just the list and find me yeah. uh, on an Internet search. Well, great. Uh, and, of course, the first stop, I think, for everyone that's interested in this subject should be your website, breastresearchawareness.com, and take a look at all of the, the pictures and the wonderful information that Linda's gathered for you here uh, that gets you up to speed on this and familiar enough to challenge anyone, particularly your doctor, that is sending you to get a mammogram done. Uh, come on. The first thing women should think about in terms of any kind of breast health, as far as I'm concerned, is a thermogram first. Then, you know, as Linda says, there are certain cases where a mammogram may be required to pinpoint or augment the, the information from the thermogram, but that's rather rare, I presume, is it not? Yes. So most of the time, the thermogram is going to give you all the information you need. And then, of course, you know, think about the types of things I work with every day, which is the natural reversal of this problem. 
Linda, what I've found is that breast tumors, like every other cancer tumor or every, every condition, even uh, leukemia and uh, melanoma, things that are not tumors necessarily, are all a symptom of an imbalance in the whole body, uh -huh. a systemic problem, in other words. It's not just this little lump that you see uh, on a thermogram that's the problem. The body's out of balance. And uh, when it gets out of balance, you get uh, symptoms, like a cancer tumor is just one symptom. And you don't fix it by cutting out the symptom or burning it or poisoning it or whatever. You fix it by reversing the physiology of your body that caused this, which uh, is brought on by certain specific uh, things that cause cancer, uh, mostly emotional issues, dental toxins, and what we put in our mouth, which <laughs> includes, of course, smoking and drinking. But for most people, it's just what we eat and drink, uh, our diet, basically, that causes us to our body to break down and, and get a cancer tumor. So you start fixing it by addressing those problems, not by cutting or burning or poisoning or whatever. But we have to get this message out to people, and I'm, I'm awfully glad to hear about people like you that are doing a good job of that. And Thank you. I admire you. You know, there's one thing that I do uh, tell women about their dental health that really astounds them. We have so much trouble with our root canals, which you have spoken to already, but most women do not realize that we have such a root in our mouth, you know, that every tooth, different sites will tell you that you have up to two miles of root that is finely, finely intertwined inside each tooth. And so when they pull that, obviously they're not going to get all of that root. And it's in there decaying and slowly spreading those toxins throughout your body. Mm. And when yeah. I work with them, I have a system called a biomeridian, and we can actually pinpoint which tooth is bothering you. And then I have a chart that shows you how many organ systems that tooth will pollute. Incredible, isn't it? And it's just amazing. It just blows them away. So you have to get that dental work taken care of. It's really hard to get it fixed by conventional, um, you know, just by uh, natural methods because right. of those um, root canals and the root system are where cancer can hide and reappear, you know, and that's why it doesn't do any good to cut it out. Yeah. You know, I've, I've interviewed on the radio, I mean, on the on the uh, phone about 3,300 people over the last 10 years about their cancer. An average of one a day, but it's usually it's more than that now. It's two or three a day. But And I always ask them, I said, has your doctor ever discussed your dental history with you? And believe it or not, the answer is always no. Never. Never. Okay. No. Has your doctor ever discussed the cause of this cancer, why it might have happened to you? No. The answer is always no. Now, how sensible is that? Okay. <laughs> Doctors are ignoring what I've found to be the most common cause of all degenerative conditions, not just cancer, but heart disease, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, high blood pressure, MS, ALS, you name it. It's coming out of the jaw, folks. Be, be aware of this and pay attention to it because Linda has seen it many times. I have too on some, some thermograms that I've seen, but I've talked to thousands of people who have this problem. And believe me, 
it is the first thing you should probably pay your attention to if you want to get over cancer. You've got to take care of the dental toxin issue, as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to preach here, but honestly, it's just such an important thing to get out to the world. That you, you would, you'd be amazed at how many people I talk to. That and, Bill, I do want to add that this is not obvious. Sometimes women may not even realize they have anything going on in their mouth. No. You know? Uh, one example, I do have a chiropractor whose office I do mobile thermography in, and I knew his wife had died of breast cancer. And when I was giving a speech about dental toxins, um, I could tell that it, it bothered him very much. And afterwards, he basically said, my wife didn't die of breast cancer. She died of dental infection. Mm. They had taken her to the doctor during her breast cancer treatment. She had no problems with her teeth. She was just getting them cleaned. But as they were cleaning, um, they touched something, and pus literally shot to the ceiling. Oh, my goodness. And she had no pain. She had no idea. Yeah, rarely ever does a root canal-filled tooth have a, an abscess. You know, rarely. Uh, they, the toxins are coming out of it 24-7, mm-hmm. but th- there's no swelling. There's no pain. It's just a, a huge toxic load on your body uh, all the time from the day after the root canal is done. And people wonder, and I talk to people in their 60s and 70s who've had root canals for 40, 50 years, and they say, well, why didn't I get sick before now? <laughs> what they don't realize is that your body is fairly capable of handling a lot of toxic load like this until it gets uh, to a tipping point for some reason. You get older, mm-hmm. you get some kind of, uh, uh, some kind of emotional challenge that uh, causes your immune system to weaken or whatever, and the combination of that with the with the dental toxin issue gets you a cancer tumor or some other mm-hmm. symptom. And boy, uh, Linda, it's wonderful to talk to you and and realize that there are other people in the world who know know how important this is. And uh, believe me, if every one of the the women and men that you work with uh, could pay a lot of attention to this, they would be very very delighted with the results. And uh, I'm sure you've you've getting that message to most people. Yes. And, you know, I'm just so thrilled with the thermography. I mean, it has been around since the time of Hippocrates. They have written about mud, mud packs, mud slurries that they would put over people, and then they would watch to see what area of the body would dry first, and it would indicate some organ pathology. And so that's the earliest, you know, recorded idea of using thermography. And now the thermography cameras that we have have been updated by the armed services. Some of their uh, information and their thermal infrared technology was, uh, you know, released to the public and updated in our cameras and just make it an amazing tool for women to have for their uh, breast health. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a very, very well-developed uh, technology now. There's nothing new about it. It's just that it's not sold by doctors generally. Uh, I think maybe they're getting the message uh, a little bit more now, but it it still seems to be in favor of mammograms for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Do you have any idea why this is? Um, it's very hard for doctors. They, you know, they have to um, tell tell women what's in the gold standard and what's you know approved uh, because they can get their hands slapped. They can get you know into trouble by recommending something that is outside of the realm. And that's a very hard position to be in, you know, and I really, uh, at this point, um, I'm so glad.
glad I'm an ND, a, a naturopathic doctor, and that I am not a medical doctor because I can give women information about this sure. where they cannot sometimes because of some of these. Other, other times we have ideas about, um, you know, they may have invested in the mammograms over a period of years um, in all kinds of, you know, organizations, and uh, people do invest in the mammograms machines or systems that cost millions of dollars, and so those have to be paid for, you know. Yeah, sure. uh, other ideas are that, you know, we're about 20 years behind the Europeans, and so we're always slower to change over technology. But, you know, what if you're that woman in that 20-year time period? There's so many women that could be helped right now. Yeah, we shouldn't absolutely. have to wait for 20 years, you know, just because American doctors are a little bit slower on reviewing research and, and that type of information. So there's not a clear-cut answer why doctors are slow to that. Yeah. Well, for everyone who's listening to this show, men or women, you need this very, very important message that you're getting from Linda Bamber. She's telling you how to get your health under control and get a, a good look at what the problem is, if any, with uh, breasts and what causes it. Uh, because the thermogram generally will, will look at the entire upper body, not just at the torso uh, of the person, and will detect uh, frequently the source of the problem in the in the jaw or wherever it is. So, Linda, it's really important for people to get in touch with you and get uh, some thermography and use the, the resources that you've given us. Uh, your website, breastresearchawareness.com, of course, is where they should start. Take a look at your your subject matter there that's very, very useful. And then, of course, I guess uh, Thermology Online, is that it? Uh, is a, a good way to find somebody to do this locally for you. Yes. And then, of course, I have the Bras franchise, and we're expanding. We're hoping to be opening up quite a bit of the West, the West Coast uh, this uh, spring and summer. And uh, we also have franchises in Raleigh, North Carolina, in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, the Kansas City area. So as Great. we expand, uh, we'd like to have you join us and maybe look at the franchise for a business for yourself to help others. Oh, that would be one of the greatest, uh, really greatest uh, advancements you could do for medicine to get women to uh, be aware of how uh, useful this is and how useful it is for for their health so uh, get a hold of Linda if you want to help her uh, her phone number and contact information is at the website breastresearchawareness.com well thank you so much Linda appreciate very much you getting hey, on here thanks. and sharing I with us today I love to talk about it obviously uh, we just need to educate women and let them know there are choices yeah okay well we'll do this again and we thank you very much thanks bye bye now bye Thanks for listening to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson.